Well, good morning. And uh, as we think today about rest and rhythms of life, particularly uh, in lockdown, uh, let's, let's think about that, those verses that Ethan read to us earlier. Because our patterns of living have changed, uh, certainly in the last year, significantly, or the rhythms of our life have changed. Lockdowns have caused, I would say, a gen- general feeling of disorientation. Uh, things are not as they should be. And perhaps we can uh, see that in three different ways. That uh, for some of us, we've lost work. And uh, our rhythms have been upset because we're on furlough, or we've lost our jobs, or we're forbidden from going out to work. We're told by the government to cease from work. For other people, there's too much work. And some, some of us are on calls from morning till night. Some others are working while trying to educate our children, something that we were never trained to do. We have too much work. And then a third group, which overlaps with those, is many people are forced to stay indoors. We're forced to stay indoors. We're isolated or we're um, unable to go out and do the things we normally do. But in all three cases, lockdowns mean that our patterns of life, our rhythms of life, have been shaken up. We've lost, we risk losing our daily rhythm our daily rhythm, where, where normally we get up, we go out, we go out to the shops, or we go out to drop children off, or we go out to go to work, and then we come back home. That's no longer the case. Or uh, weekly, we our weekdays and our weekends were demarcated. They were, they were different. Uh, and no, that's no longer the case. And the lines that uh, separated work from home, uh, rest from, uh, from working, weekday from weekend are becoming increasingly blurred during these lockdowns. And in fact, every day can end up pretty much the same as the last day and pretty much the same as the next day. Even more so given that we we have so few weekend activities now. The things that we used to do at weekends, whether that was uh, going out for a meal or going out to see friends or going to the shops or going out to the cinema, are no longer possible. And in fact, the main event, which for many of us marked Sabbath, going to church, getting up in the morning, getting ready, leaving the house, going to a building, enjoying church, coming back, is no longer the case. We have lost so many of these rhythms which were given to us and and are good for us. Rhythms and lines that delimited, that demarcated, are different. the different phases of our life. And without these structures, we all risk slipping into habits and ways of living that are not good for us. Every day can end up pretty much the same. Whether we're overworked, without work, or simply unable to venture out, the rhythms of life, the boundaries, those things that are good for us, have have largely disappeared. And yet we read that pausing is good for us. God wants us to pause. Pausing during the Sabbath is good for us. Pausing during the day Be still and know, says the psalmist in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. That rhythm is good for us. So how do we ensure whatever situation we're in, whether it's too much work or no work or suddenly not able to go out, how do we get back to healthy rhythms of life? How do we ensure that we demarcate our different uh, times of the day and different days of the week when every day seems pretty much like, like the next and like the previous? Well, even in Jesus' day, uh, the boundaries of Sabbath and non-Sabbath had become blurred. And we read about it this morning. That uh, here we saw an episode, and there's one immediately afterwards at the the start of chapter 3. 
by the end of chapter 2, we see an episode of Jesus walking through a field with his disciples, and they start picking ears of corn and snacking on them. And the religious teachers of the day say to Jesus, interestingly, not to the disciples, they say to Jesus, your guys are not allowed to do that. They've stepped over the line. There's a line that marks the Sabbath, and they've stepped over it. See, the laws in those days were difficult to remember regarding Sabbath. We'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, But Jesus, in reply, gives an example where the law was broken. He said, haven't you read in the Old Testament where David went to the temple and took bread that was consecrated and only for the priests, and he ate it and he gave it to his men to eat. He broke the laws deliberately. And Jesus ends up saying this, this phrase at the end, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, or the Sabbath was made to serve us. In other words... This pattern, this day is for you. It's for you. It's meant to serve you. The rhythm of Sabbath was meant to be good for us. Not in some kind of super spiritual way, but physically, mentally good for us. God wants us to feel good about the Sabbath. God actually meant it to feel good for you. God wants you to have rhythms to your week and rhythms to your day which are good for us. The Sabbath was meant to serve us, not the other way around. So the Sabbath as well, uh, in Jesus' day, had, had, had taken on a, a different meaning. It had become a, a thing that, that people had to follow. Ru- many rules were laid out. And it actually became a stick to beat people with. And Jesus is again saying, this mustn't be a stick to beat ourselves up with. By the time of Jesus' day, the Sabbath had become another set of rules, and it made him angry. Jesus attacks the rig- religious leaders often, Uh, several times in the Gospels for telling him it wasn't allowed. You're not allowed to heal the sick on the Sabbath. You're not allowed to snack on the Sabbath. His reply, in effect, was, you've made this Sabbath into yet another series of rules, yet another thing we have to do, yet another thing we have to worry about, another thing that we're going to fail on. In effect, you've taken the blessing of rest and made it into the curse of worrying. It's not supposed to be like that. And uh, Scripture tells us that many times, not just here. Many of you are on the Bible tour, and you read this week. Uh, we were in Genesis, and you saw that on day six of Genesis, God made man and woman. And then the very first thing that man and woman experience on day seven is rest. The very first thing that happens is rest. That's the first thing they see. For often, for, all of, for many of us, for me, often it's the other way around, isn't it? We get through all our work at work. We get through all our work at church, all our work at home, and then... With whatever's left, we rest. But in, God, in God's schedule and in God's agenda, rest was always scheduled in. Rest was always planned in. During the week, the Sabbath, and during the day. That line I said earlier from Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. We read that and we think of it as an invitation. And it is an invitation. But actually, it's written as an instruction. It's, grammatically, it's written in the imperative, which means it's a command. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still. It's an instruction. So if we accept that God always meant us to have rhythms of life that are good for us during the week and during the day, what does that look like in lockdown? When days run into each other and the things that gave us structure have have largely gone, what does that look like? Let's look back at a couple of those groups that I mentioned earlier. First of all, the overworked or the headless chickens, as, as I'd like to call them. Some of us, and I am guilty of this as well, some of us think we're so important, we're incredibly important. 
We think everything will fall apart if, if they don't have me. We wear our busyness like a badge of honor sometimes, don't we? Me too. And we're convinced we're indispensable. If I don't do this, I'm indispensable. I must do this, I must do this. But someone once, as someone once said to me, Chris, he said, the cemetery is full of indispensable people. Made me think. And even though we enjoy our work in many cases, it can still be bad for us if we have too much of it. And for us, in this group, ceasing is really hard. But it's a Christian discipline, as we heard earlier from Deb, this elimination of hurry. It's a Christian discipline. Ceasing teaches us to trust God and not to depend, not that everything depends on me. It punctures a hole in our bubble of self-importance, the discipline of ceasing that some of us carry around. We need to learn to pause during the day and pause during the week. We need, here's something that I started using 18 months ago, uh, or perhaps a bit more than that. Some of you don't need this, but some of us need this. It's a reminder during the day. It's just an app on my phone that comes on a couple of times a day and says, pause. It's called one minute pause. And uh, when you get good, you can have a three minute pause and a five minute pause. I think there's even a 10 minute pause if you're really good. But this is just a reminder during the day to turn your face to God for a few moments. There's a little program that runs, but even if you don't use the program, just a reminder to pause is good. It's about, as we heard earlier, it's about being present. It's about uh, remembering that the infinite is so much greater than the finite, whatever I'm doing now. There's a link to this app in the notes below this live stream video. But what about during the week then? We need, to, we need to schedule, particularly those who are overworked, we must schedule 24 hours to step aside and do no work. Now, uh, one question that used to bother me quite a bit about Sabbath, which also bothered them in Jesus' day, is what is work? What is work? What am I exactly allowed to do and what am I not supposed to do? This was the problem in Jesus' day. The, role, the rules had become so complicated. I was reading that you're allowed to... You were allowed uh, to carry something on the back of your hand, but not in the palm of your hand. And you were not allowed to tie a knot, but a woman could tie a knot in her underclothes, etc., etc., etc. So many rules. Now, not that it's like that for us today, but we can still get a bit confused about what, what, am I, what does God want me to do and not do? Am I, is it okay to read this book, which is to do with work, but I enjoy it? Well, if that's you today, if you, if you uh, have ever had the thought, is this work, use this idea to decide. Don't carry a burden on the Sabbath. Don't carry a burden. If it feels like a burden, don't do it. Allow things to slip from your shoulders during the Sabbath. M normally that will be a Sunday for you. For me, it's a Saturday. Allow things to slip. Even if you have to pick them again tomorrow, pick them up again tomorrow, allow them to slip today. Don't carrying, not carrying a burden means, for example, uh, looking at the pile of ironing in the corner and just leaving it and enjoying the fact that there's a pile of clothes on that settee. Not carrying a burden means going into kind of airplane mode on our phones. Uh, what I often do on that day, on, on a Saturday, is switch off my email and switch off my WhatsApp. And if I go out for the day... I take this great phone, which is the 30-quid phone, a cheap phone, no internet, no messaging, no email, and that's because people like me need it, because we're always doing this. 
the fact that you can just dip into your email, we're, we're so tempted, aren't we? That's something that I do. Not carrying a burden means don't try to improve anything. So if you're not sure about what, what, do it, what, what you should be doing on the Sabbath, just ask yourself, does it feel like a burden? Works of necessity, such as caring for the needy, are, accept, are exceptional. But otherwise, don't carry a burden. And then what about those who are uh, stuck indoors, perhaps with no work or just stuck indoors? Well, I would say to you, still make one day in the week different, usually a Sunday. Make it as different as you can make it and do something you enjoy. Spoil yourself, particularly now in this time when we are hurting. Do something you enjoy doing. Bake yourself a special cake. Go on a Zoom call with the family. Uh, Watch a film. Do some adult coloring. Listen to music. Listen to worship music. It'll lift your soul. But spoil yourself in some way as well as keeping some time for quiet reflection. It's good to have focused times. It's good to have focused times of stillness during the day and during the week, and we can still do it even in lockdown. Now, lastly, if you're not sure how to have a focused time of stillness, Here's another, uh, uh, another thing that I've been doing for a couple of years, and it's called a walking meditation. Sounds complicated, but it's really, really simple. Basically, you go out and you walk somewhere. It doesn't have to be stunning countryside. It can be down your street. And you simply observe and notice and consciously notice things. Some of you are really good at this anyway. You don't need this. I'm married to someone who's good at this, always noticing the catkin on the tree, the mallard on the canal, the reflection. Have you seen those windows which are so narrow on that building? But some of us, like me, our minds are always somewhere else. We go out for a walk and our minds are already racing off in some random direction. But we can learn to do this. Go out, walk alone if you can, and observe, just observe the colors consciously, a wisp of cloud, a reflection on the canal. And be present, be really there. Don't carry your precious thoughts with you. Let them go. Take in what you see. Uh, Be connected. Find joy in the mundane. And importantly, this is not about coming back with some profound message from God. It's not about that. That's fine if it happens, but it's not about that. It's just being present and allowing God to be present, even if you don't notice that. Go stare at things. Children are really good at this, aren't they? Just staring at stuff outside. And we're told to learn from children. Again, there's a, there's a link to this walking meditation in the notes below this live stream. So then a couple of things to finish then. Just to finish with this whole idea of rest and rhythms during lockdown. Be gentle with yourself, I would say. This is a time of difficulty, a time of hurting. And we're not through it yet. And then just a, a last thing. Um, <clears throat> in case... Again, like me, in case you, are, you sometimes watch TV, Netflix or Amazon, and you're tempted to watch, you know how they throw up the next episode and the next episode and the next episode? And if you're not careful, you can watch a whole stretch of these. You can switch that off. You can switch off the autoplay on Netflix and Amazon. Again, I've put the instructions for doing that in the uh, notes under this live stream. And then at least it's your choice to watch the next thing. It's your choice. It's not just being trafficked at you. So to close then, having rest 
Having rest time is sometimes the hardest thing, isn't it? Uh, I think it's the hardest commandment. The other commandments, you know, like not murdering people, I find that quite easy. I hope you do too. But taking time out to rest, I find really hard. I was finishing this message at half past nine on Friday night. My daughter walked by and said, what are you doing? So I said, oh, I'm writing this sermon about resting. She said, Dad, you do know the biggest sin is hypocrisy. I'm learning as well. I'm learning as well. Keeping the Sabbath special different is a time for stepping away. It's really hard, but we can do it. Some of you do it naturally. Some of us need to learn. It's a commandment, just like pausing during the day. Be still is an, is an instruction. So God asks us to do it because it's good for us, not because it's good for him, because it's literally good for us. And this is a tough time, and yet we still can find opportunities and ways during lockdown, in the blur of lockdown, to have healthy rhythms of life during the week and during the day. Let's pray. And Jesus said, Come to me, or you who are heavy laden, or you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, or you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Heavenly Father, I pray that, Lord, on everyone today, Lord, who's listening, whether our burden is too much work or our burden is we have no work and we don't know what to do or we're stuck inside, Lord, help us to bring those burdens to you, Lord, and to accept and to learn to accept and to take and to enjoy and to bask in the rest that you would give us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.